Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes. Each week, we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, you'll hear hilarious stories like this. Fun that fact. was one of your things too. you brought back from Latvia. Yeah, I brought back because a hoop. all professional <laughs> basketball players. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> seven foot hoop. Yeah, listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog, cat. Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov. Slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Katie Kirk is certainly saying some stuff in her new memoir. Ellen Pompeo is facing criticism over comments she made to Denzel Washington on the Grey's Anatomy set. And we're talking with IATSE union member Marissa Shipley about the potential strike and Hollywood shutdown. It's October 4th, 2021. Hey, friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Oh boy, Shyla, some 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 things were said. Oh no. <laughs> is that, is that like that's just like the recap for the internet. Some things <laughs> were said. Okay, so uh to kick things off today, some excerpts from Katie Couric's soon to be released memoir that the Daily Mail obtained are surprising a lot of people. And you know, Shyla, I just want to go through some of these quotes one by one because woof. Big wolf. <laughs> okay, so first, in one excerpt, she discusses feeling threatened by then-up-and-coming journalist Ashley Banfield, who hoped to find a mentor in Katie, because there's always, quote, someone younger and cuter around the corner. Um, I mean, yes. <laughs> like, she's not wrong, but also, is that any reason to not help someone? Because, again, there will always be someone younger and cuter around the corner. Are you just going to not help at all? Yeah. And you know what's not cute? Not helping other women. Right. We don't love that. <laughs> Yet she specifically said in a quote, mentorship sometimes feels like self-sabotage. And oh boy, that's just a selfish take on things. Yeah, it really is. That's because because uh... the flip side, you would say, oh, well, if another woman is successful, then we're doing great for women. Right. Exactly. So what is the truth? <laughs> <laughs> what is the truth? <laughs> you know, um, but then, you know, Ashley, who is a very big journalist, then responded to that. And she said, quote, I have never found that policy of helping other women has ever come back to bite me ever. 
And that's the correct, the correct take. take. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Shiloh. <laughs> we get it. We get it. <laughs> okay. So the excerpts we're seeing is just full of things where you're just like, why did you write that? Why yeah. did you say it? What's your angle here? What are you trying to do? And so this next one is Katie recalls how Martha Stewart didn't laugh at a joke she made about her at an award show, writing that it took, quote, some healthy humbling. Prison will do that to develop a sense of humor. I hate this. Oh my gosh. Like, first of all, maybe you're just not funny, Katie. Um, And secondly, like, again, why would you write this down? Like, it's healthy, humbling prison will do that? Ew. Ew. No, it's just in other quotes I've seen, they're just like all in the same vein. And it's very just like a misogynistic anti-women. And it's like, did you just write this to try and stay relevant? Why did you do this? I mean, it's putting her in such a poor light. I just don't even get it. Because then onto a more serious topic, which she also does not handle well. um, Katie admitted she'd, quote, heard the whispers about her friend and colleague, Matt Lauer, early on in her career. Oh, there's there's definitely a whole whole section. And it kind of reads like, well, I heard all these horrible things, but I don't know. I still feel bad for him. And the gist of it is that it was like, well, why didn't like women say something kind of thing? But she says, like, quote, why didn't these women just tell Matt to take a hike? And then she wrote, quote, I realized not everyone is built for that kind of confrontation. And I'm like, what? Why are you putting these people down? So she's literally victim blaming in her book. This is, like you said, misogynistic. Like she is not only not supporting women, which is a passive thing to do, but now she is actively blaming women, her colleagues. They are also her colleagues in the way that Matt was, and yet she's taking his side. This is such a terrible take. It, it really is. The, the overall, she just like is coming off as like trying to be this like cool girl where it's cool to put down other women and it's like that is that is so 2003 katie (laughs) okay so casey this brings me to another story i want to talk about um but again in the same vein of it is free to be quiet (laughs) (laughs) so moving on ellen pompeo recently found herself at the center of quite a bit of backlash after talking about fighting with denzel washington on the set of grace anatomy So on an episode of her podcast, Ellen said that after Denzel, quote, went ham on her ass for improvising a line and giving another actor directions, she told him, Listen, motherfucker, this is my show. This is my set. Who are you telling? Like, you barely know where the bathroom is. Oh, cringe. (laughs) While she went on to say she has, quote, the utmost respect for him as an actor and director, her comments ultimately didn't go over well with most people, many of whom have been calling her rude and entitled. Others criticized her lack of self-awareness for not realizing how she would come off in the story. Yeah, so that that's a common thread here with with Ellen and Katie. Where I'm just like, why did you say these things? And did you think it was going to go well? <laughs> right. And it is like, I understand that this is like, okay, Grey's Anatomy and like the show is named after her character or whatever. But like you when you have a guest come on to your show as a guest director like the great thing to do would be to humble yourself and to like show them the way and like make them feel comfortable because they're clearly out of their element even if you are like Denzel Washington you're still doing something that you know you're not doing you haven't done before on this new set I I just don't think she can pull rank like that I think the only person who can pull rank is Shonda Rhimes right like that's the only person who's gonna do that there because it's like okay yes you are the star of the show and yes you have directed episodes but on this week for this episode, you are not the director. No, this felt very like 
mean girl to the new kid in school. Yeah. Which, like yeah. bullying them. That never works out well. Oh, boy. A lot, a lot of bullying happens. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. So today's a huge day for Hollywood, but not because of the Oscars or new Avengers movie. Hollywood's largest labor union, IATSE, just voted to authorize a strike. If the union still can't reach a deal with producers, then its West Coast members will go on strike and effectively shut down Hollywood. Joining us to talk about everything that's been happening is IATSE member Marissa Shipley. Hi, Marissa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So, you know, you're a member of IATSE, which stands for the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. IATSE was founded in 1893 and currently has over 150,000 members, making it one of the oldest and largest labor unions in the United States. Can you explain to our listeners what's been happening over the last few years and your role within IATSE? Absolutely. I am an art department coordinator by craft. I work freelance, mainly in TV here in Los Angeles, and I am the vice president of IATSE Local 871, which represents a lot of majority and historically female crafts in the industry who are significantly underpaid compared to our counterparts in the industry. So a lot of the work that I have done, and particularly our local has done, is to talk about that wage gap and the living wage proposals that are currently um, on the table in negotiations will hugely affect our membership. The union representatives have been at the negotiating table with the employers for the past several months. And our representatives have said that they are still fairly far apart on most of the things that we're negotiating for, a living wage for those members who make the least, rest. Our schedules are abusive and exhausting and unsafe. And we need not only rest between working days and over the weekend, but an actual meal break during the day. It seems like a very basic thing, but we're fighting pretty hard to have a meal in the middle of a 12 plus hour day Um, and sustainable benefits and streaming companies paying into those benefits and having the same working conditions as other shows. And, you know, are these issues something that existed before COVID? And then what was the impact that the pandemic had on the working conditions? Yeah, I think these have been issues for many years. They are certainly issues that members have felt for many years and are increasingly part of the conversation. And I think the pandemic shutdown gave members a perspective that they hadn't had before. I think one, because for a lot of people, it was the first substantive break and rest that they had had maybe in their careers and gave people time with their families and time to pick up hobbies and all of the things that we just, one, are too busy for. And two, even when we have time are too exhausted and catching up on like doing laundry and all of the normal life things. You know, I saw that a wife of a member called herself a production widow that like when her husband takes on a new project, he kind of disappears from her life and she can't rely on him for, you know, going to dinner or engaging in any of the things and kind of turns into a single person during those moments. And I think that speaks to the overwhelming schedule. I think also when we came back from the shutdown, members felt like We were in some way promised an adjustment to these schedules. There was talk that our grueling schedules were not good for our immune systems. And in the environment of COVID, you know, a lot of us went back to work 
August, September of 2020. This is pre-vaccine instituted all new safety protocols in order to keep crew safe. And part of that was shorter days so that our immune systems were not exhausted and putting us at greater risk. That was quickly thrown out of the window and crew felt like the rug was ripped out from under them. And so I think a combination of all of that, plus all of these companies trying to catch up on their content has only made the pinched schedules and asking us to work more and more for less and less. It has only increased in the period after coming back to work and crews are just tired. And I think you absolutely see that in the truly amazing results to the strike authorization vote. There's an IA Stories Instagram account, which has been documenting the experiences of union members and the working conditions they've been dealing with. What are some of the more egregious examples you've read about? Absolutely. I think the Instagram page gave crew a safe space to talk about the things that we all experience in our exhausted silos and don't take the time to speak out loud to one another. And what I see and hear through the page is that many people felt alone in their experience of, I cannot handle these hours and this is abusive and felt kind of gaslit by the whole industry and the system. But in seeing everybody tell their stories, there's like, oh, I, I see myself in that experience. And it created a shared understanding instead of feeling alone and not being able to handle it. So I think it has helped conversation. The really egregious ones that stick out to me are, there was an early post about a member who had gotten a tip from someone else about how to stay awake while driving. And even more alarming than the post itself were the comments that followed about all of the other different tips that crew had gathered over the years. And to me, the fact that there are that many ways that crew, like really alarming advice that crew are using to keep themselves awake because of the schedules that we are being subjected to. It's not just a danger to us. It's a danger to the general public that is out on the road with us. It's a public safety issue. All right. Well, we'll be right back after the break with Marissa Shipley from IOTSE. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. 
Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind-the-scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes, reveal the truth behind the legendary game True American, and discuss how the show got made with the writers, guest stars, and directors who made the show so special. Fans have been begging us to do a New Girl recap for years, and we finally made a podcast where we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, each week you'll hear hilarious stories like this. At the end when he says, you got some Schmidt on your face, I feel like I pitched that joke. I believe that. Whoa. I feel like I did. I'm not a thousand percent. I want to say that was, I, I, I tossed that one out. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with IATSE member Marissa Shipley about working conditions on Hollywood sets and the potential strike. Now, contract negotiations have stalled between IATSE and the AMPTP, which is the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. I know you haven't been directly involved in the negotiations, but what's the general sense you're getting? What is it that the AMPTP wants? Yeah, while I can't speak directly to the negotiations and the proposals themselves, the sense I get as a member is that uh, this is about money and their profits to them, and it is about our working conditions and our lives to us. And there seems to be a serious disconnect between the personal toll that these work conditions are taking and the stories that members are telling and companies wanting to protect their bottom line. Billion dollar mega corporations. Yeah. I want to I want to talk about that money because for a little bit of context in 2019 the estimated global box office revenue was 42.5 billion dollars and estimated revenue for broadcasts was 177.5 billion dollars making movies and television one of the most valuable industries in the US. With that in mind, how does the AMPTP justify their position? Yep, and I don't know how they will attempt to justify it. We have uh, members, script coordinators, writers' assistants, assistant production coordinators, and art department coordinators, union crafts, working for less than $18 an hour on all of these productions. That is not a living wage in Los Angeles. We have members who have talked about living out of their cars while working full-time on huge network shows, people who have been given the advice of attempting to sell their eggs to make a little cash by people they are working with in the writer's room. And that's just talking about the union members. There are then all of the non-union PAs on all of our productions who are making literal minimum wage for wherever the production is shooting. I do not think the industry should be able to continue getting away with paying people in this way. And I think that's one of the things that our membership just said a resounding no to. Yeah. So as we mentioned, today is a big day for IATSE. Over the weekend, union members voted on a strike authorization and the results just came out that the vote passed. Now, this isn't a vote to begin the strike, just to give leadership the authority to call a strike if they think it's necessary. Now, there hasn't been a major strike in Hollywood since the 2007 writer strike. What impact would an IATSE strike have on the entertainment industry? Yeah, I think uh, given the very high voter turnout and very high yes vote, we will see if this brings the employers back to the negotiating table. I think that's the next step and what people are waiting to see. If they do not want to engage in good faith and give, I think, the union a deal that the membership are asking for, a strike 
on these contracts would shut down much of the work in TV and film throughout the U.S. because we're not just talking about the basic agreement that affects Hollywood. We're also talking about the area standards, which affects work in much of the rest of the country. So that's 60,000 members working, you know, coast to coast that would result in production delays, which results in delays to people watching their favorite shows. And no one wants to strike. I do not want to stop work and strike, but at some point you have to stand up for yourself and we all have to stand up for one another and say that we aren't just going to keep accepting the status quo. The industry needs to move and change with us. Yeah. And you know, there is power in numbers. I mean, for anyone who hasn't been on a set or doesn't know, this strike would effectively shut Hollywood down because you cannot make a movie or a television show without IOTC members. Yeah. The crew that we're talking about are everybody from coordinators and the art department who work in pre-production to hair, makeup, costumes, costume designers, grips, lighting, sound, camera techs, all the way to post-production. So you're losing most of the crew pre to post-production. So things will just stop. Mm. So IOTC has received a ton of support across the entertainment industry. SAG-AFTRA, the Writers Guild, the Directors Guild, and the Teamsters issued a joint statement of solidarity with IOTC. And last Thursday, 120 members of Congress co-signed a letter urging the AMPTP to negotiate better contracts. How does it feel to see this outpouring of support? It feels really good, especially when the experience in this industry can feel very isolating. So to not only hear our members speak out against it, but to get the support of our Hollywood community and the broader community in the U.S. feels really great. I think I also see in the support from the other unions and guilds in entertainment that it's not just us that is affected by the schedules and these conditions. It is members in all of these guilds and unions and everybody is ready for things to change. So finally, I'm curious how this experience has impacted your perspective on organized labor, not just in your union, but in any industry. What have you learned from this experience? It has only increased all of my belief and faith in organized labor and unions Members are the union, and this vote comes as the result of a lot of work, not only by our leadership, but a lot of rank-and-file members who turned out their crew members and friends and peers, text bank, phone banking, did the groundwork to communicate just how important this vote was. And I think that it fits within the larger context of what you see happening with organized labor is their is a larger and larger gap between the highs highs and the low lows and organized labor is one of the most effective ways to close that gap some i hope to see that happening in hollywood and i hope that this contributes to not only our members engaging more with their locals and making clear their wants and needs and priorities but for that to be the case in unions all across the country in all sorts of fields. Awesome. Well, Marissa, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, only Shonda Rhimes can pull rank. (laughs) Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. 
I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Conquer your New Year's resolutions with the Before Breakfast podcast. In each bite-sized daily episode, you'll learn how to make the most of your time with practical tools to help you feel less busy and get more done. Listen to Before Breakfast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.